Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Welcome to the show. Vasos is here. Hello. And Rachel's here. Greetings. We have Brett Anderson of Suede here. Tell us about Brett, please, Vasos. Uh, Brett Anderson of Suede is responsible for, I think, quite possibly my favourite song. Nothing is more 90s than that like, mid 90s Suede album. And the beautiful ones is just every time it comes on, you go, oh my the goodness. Well, and then the you, beautiful one. you just think, oh, my life is better because this song is playing in my ears. And my goodness me, he's been in here. He's a fantastic human being and he's going on tour with... with yes, with who? With Rachel. The Manic Street Preachers. Tell us about James Dean Bradfield, who's also coming in. Rachel. Well, the front man of the Manic Street Preachers, no less, James Dean Branfield, Bradfield. Now, this band have released 14 studio albums. Mm-mm. They've headlined pretty much every festival that matters. They've won 11 NME Awards, 8Q Awards, 4 Brit Awards, nominated for the Mercury Music Prize and the MTV Europe Music Awards. And this tour, this combined tour of these two bands, will blow your mind. One of my favourite things about this tour is that the band's We'll take turns closing the show. Love it. Absolutely love the whole dual double headline, joint headline tour idea. It's happened before. It's not happened enough. I think it will happen more. I also, also yesterday we were talking about more matinees for us oldies. Oh, 100%. Yes, yeah. please, thank you. And we're not asking the bands to do a matinee and an evening show because they want to get home too. I'd like to go for dinner after the show. Yes. It gets too late. You can't rock on a full sl- stomach. I'm sleepy. Yeah, all the blood goes to your tummy yeah. for the digestion, want to just have it? a little sit down. Yeah, and, but I've got to eat something or else I get hungry. Absolutely, matinee. Matinee it all up. Giant vacuum cleaners will purify air for Paris Olympics athletes. The organisers of next summer's Paris Olympics are planning to help athletes breathe more easily by installing huge vacuum cleaner-like machines to suck up fine particles in the air. Similar things have happened before. Of course, you can cloud bust. You can cloud bust. You can send the rain clouds away to rain on somewhere else. Another day happened in Russia, happened in China. Yeah, at the Beijing Olympics, they did the opposite, actually. They sent clouds up to rain on Beijing the day before the opening ceremony so that it didn't look so smoggy for when the world was watching. Cloud never dies. Um, Big Tignat hand meditation. If you look at a piece of paper... If you look at a piece of paper, what can you see? In, what can you see? Get a piece of A4, H. Vasos, what can you see in the paper? What can you see in the paper? Um, notes for Brett Anderson and James okay, Dean Bradfield. Can you be helpful? Oh, okay. Can you be a bit more helpful? That'd be nice. Right, well, what can I see can in I it? Any rubbish jokes? But it's not a rubbish joke. That's what it? I can see. No, come on. Tell you me. want a blank piece of paper? What do you, what? Oh, Vasos, what is wrong with you? Just because he t- he told this joke yeah, right this during the news, which he's so <laughs> pleased about. We were talking about... <laughs> I've got this theory. I've got lots of theories. You know that. I have this theory that people are in charge of prices are putting them up so much, so ridiculously now, bearing in mind what most people earn. And you think, what's going on? Mm. Um, and I think it's because they've heard something we haven't about money or something. It's just it's all going to... The, the money game's up and they know it's going to be... They've got the date and the time it's going to be up and they're going, well, we just better make as much money as possible before anybody notices. Um, we used to live in a capital society and that's a creditor society. Um, and you go, well, money wasn't worth anything anyway. Money is credit in disguise. It's a promissory note. And then you move to credit cards so it's one step away from even that 
story and then you go to digital transfers which is one step away from the credit card but actually it's not one it's incrementally more it's exponential it's further and further away it's 2.0 every time it happens and so therefore you know when you get your six bananas for your potato six potatoes from hundreds of thousands of years ago to a digital binary money transfer now isn't three or four steps away it is i suppose in the story of money but it's actually thousands and thousands of cognitive dissonant um behavioral patterns away from that and so they're just so we're just miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and further and further away and we get to a point now where they're going this is the the, the game is not racing people are going to understand this is not working on any level you know and and that's why people are charging so much for so many things my coffee was five pounds fifty this morning i completely agree i will no, hang on a second hang on oh, this, is, this is why it really worked no i know I'm, well, I'm, why do you think i'm doing it why do you rachel why do you think i'm doing this i'm giving him the build-up he requires yep. and you think i've forgotten about his joke no i'm doing i'm recreating it mm-hmm. now you're supposed to chime in with what you said about money um Oh, I don't remember. What well, I said exactly. About money. Remember your part before you pick us up on our parts in the school play. <laughs> I know your lines, yeah, but do you know? Do you know your own lines? Come on. Oh, money. This is why it works. Makes the world go round. Oh God. Go on, Vassos. Well, no, I, uh, the cost of stuff like your coffee was five pounds. I walked past a yoga class yesterday. A yoga class, a hundred quid for a yoga class, and I thought, I can't stretch to that. It's the fourth time I've told it in the last half an hour. And it's still funny. Ellie's laughing, but only because she's an exec. And she knows it helps with the longer term problems. <laughs> <laughs> then Rachel chimes in with... Um, so Tom's uh, physics teacher has uh, his favourite joke, Mr mm. Mate, and it's um, why can't you trust atoms? Don't know why can't you trust atoms. Because they make everything up. <laughs> <laughs> and this stuff's going off on off the air. How long how long can you keep a how long is, uh, is it safe to keep a chicken in the freezer? I don't know how long is it safe know, to keep a chicken well, in the freezer. Well, what is it about what do you think? Um, a chicken in the freezer. Yeah. Uh, 1 minute. Uh, my joke's not working. Doesn't matter. What's your joke? Well, it's like you can be chicken in the freezer for like three months, can't you? So that's the point when oh. last night I was dead this morning. That's the joke. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. Damn, what's, what's red and invisible? No tomatoes. <laughs> Why do people um, near Niagara Falls have flat foreheads and big ears? Because every morning they wake up and they go, what's that? It's Niagara Falls. <laughs> Did you hear about the magic tractor? Yeah. It turned into a field. Field, yeah. <laughs> Sprout and sticky, stig. I, I went to the doctor yesterday yeah. and he said, mm. your DNA yeah. is backwards. Yeah. I said, and? <laughs> Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods hope to open a St. Andrew's sports bar. Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods have announced plans to renovate a historic cinema in St. Andrew's in order to open a luxury sports bar. The two are shareholders of the real estate company Next Luxury Collection, which is behind the plans if approved by five council. Why wouldn't they? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're all right. Thanks, yeah. Justin. Right, Tiger, thanks. The new picture house will retain one cinema screen. For theatrical releases, the venue is expected to have golf simulators, duck pin bowling and darts and will screen sporting events. Oh, darts. Very nice, isn't it? Mm. Very nice. Pumpkin heavier than a Ford Fiesta sets record in time for Halloween. Look at that. 
It's a massive pump. I mean, that is enormous, yes. isn't it? It looks like something made by, I don't know, Steven Spielberg's special effects department. Yeah. That is huge. And it's got its own roadshow. Look. Like, it looks like a Radio 1 roadshow crowd, doesn't it? I mean, what the is pumpkin? the story of Cinderella going to the ball on a pumpkin? She could actually go, you could go to a ball on that. You need four horses to pull it. An American horticulturist has set a record for the world's heaviest pumpkin after growing a good, weighing more than a Ford Fiesta. Travis Geinger, a teacher from Minnesota, won the 50th World Championship pumpkin weigh-off at a Half Moon Bay in California with a pumpkin weighing in at 1,247 kilograms. That is... Um, 16 mees. How many is it used, Vassos? Okay, come in, Vassos. Rachel? I'm, I can't do the calculations. I can do it for you. How heavy are you? I reckon I'm about 68. 68. Okay, 68. So 70, 70, uh, 19. 19 okay. use. I'm 75 ish, 76. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, I am. <laughs> you're, I, I, I'm you're probably so less. You're, you're more. 100% more. Look at that face. I love that face. Because you're all muscle. Muscle's heavier than fat. I, I was disappointed that I wasn't more when I last weighed I'm myself. 80, right, and I'm I'm more fat than you are muscle. And we're about the same size and you're muscle than, more muscle than I am fat. You've got to be more than 70. I'll be interested. I'll find out today and I'll let you know. We must have a pair of weighing scales somewhere. Let's do it. Let's have a weigh-in. Let's do weigh-in, blood pressure. What else don't you like? <laughs> no, I don't mind weighing. I don't like the blood pressure thing. You don't like the blood pressure thing? What's going on with you, your blood pressure? I don't know, but it's fine until I get anywhere within sight of a blood pressure monitor and then it goes... See, I love the old blood pressure thing. I like the sensation on the arm. It's like the Normatec boots, but just for one bicep. Do you not find it slightly sort of... Overwhelming. Constricting. constricting. No, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it. Because it's going to give you news that you need. Yeah. Isn't it? True. Good or bad. Yeah. Like you. Like me. <laughs> You're the blood pressure monitor of Virgin Radio. <laughs> I'll Aren't take you? that. I'll take that. Rich Price lands Guinness World Record for longest male mullet. Look at that. Now, that is a mullet, isn't it? The mullet's back, isn't it? The it mullet is, is definitely back. There's no question about it. Jubilant Rich Price enjoying life as the main man after landing the Guinness World Record for the longest male mullet. Three foot three inches. Good on you. Where's the word mullet come from? Do we know? To do with hair. What else is going on? Some of the great stories around. Here we go, here we go! Box of giraffe poop seized at airport after woman wanted to use it to make a necklace. Well, that's what she said, but what did she really mean? Is it a nice colour or a shape? No, it's poop coloured. Box of giraffe poop. It says poop, but I'm saying poop because it sounds nicer. Has been seized by customs agents at the US airport after a woman tried to bring the feces into the country to make a necklace. It's funny because feces, if you look at it, it's a bit pooier than poo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it's, it's, it's more scientific and more technical. It should get you away from the sort of more visual sort of... Um, visceral. Uh, visceral, yeah. Mm. The visceral sense of that a word can give you, but it doesn't feces, does it? No, it just gets you right there. Goes the other way. 70% of office staff want to work from the beach. Why is that news? Yeah. Also, <laughs> what about the, the other sound 30%? and the keyboard. No, that's interesting, actually. That, they were both, you, you were both quite interested in them. Be careful. <laughs> that was really interesting what you said. What about the other 30%? Where do they want to work? <laughs> Maybe they don't like the hate. I'd be a part of that 30%. You would now? Yeah. We've got to cover up for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes. Mira says that the long um, sleeve T-shirt look suits me. It does. It's lovely. Okay. <laughs> You're doing a less high voice than I might believe you. <laughs> what did you say about the other 30%? 
I said maybe they're worried about um, sand in the keyboard. Sand in the key. We don't need that anymore, though, do you? Because you get your haptic um, touch screens. Yeah, but sand in your touch screen. Sad. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Or yeah. an album. Or a band. Yeah. <laughs> or a state of mind. Snoop Dogg's Rosé arrives at co-op and he says it's a drink for any weather. No. <laughs> Part run world record for a nine-year-old boy. 17 minutes and 40 seconds. What's your fastest part run? I don't know, but 1848, something like that. I don't know, but 1848, something like that. My that's fastest such, 5K. That's such a you my, answer. My fastest 5K is 1848, but I don't know if it was at a park run. Right. Okay, fair enough. All right, Las Vegas Sphere. Morning, Christoph, Vassus and Rachel. I'm sending this from the 37,000 feet. Sorry. I'm sending this from 37,000 feet on my way home from five days of work in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see your place part of the 70%, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We visited the sphere as we left and I'm glad we did. It was possibly one of the most moving experiences I've had in a long time. Interesting use of the word possibly there. Surely you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also moving is quite an interesting <laughs> adjective to use. From the moment you get through the ticket barrier, an air of calm and tranquility envelops you. The lighting is mesmerising and the entire interior architecture of the lobby is spellbinding. You must go, says Thorpey. Oh, it's Amanda. Hi, Amanda. No, we must go. So you two perform this. So you can go. It's like, is it like Aussie Jane's going for a tour of Wimbledon without Mm -hmm. the tennis? So you can go into the sphere without the U2. I think that's a very good analogy. How much is it for a tour of Wimbledon, Jane? What are they saying? I don't know, I've got my headphones on. It was, a, it was a gift. It was a gift. All right. So what do we say? I, I'm going to guess 2250 I'm going to say 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Yeah. See, you can get to watch tennis for less than 50 pounds at Wimbledon. Oh, okay. Why wouldn't you just do Maybe that? Maybe it's 50 pounds, including strawberries. There won't be any strawberries this time of year for a tour. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe you get a water How much? Off. You can get to, into Wimbledon for, for a tenner, can't you? 20 quid on returns day or something like that? I can't remember, to you be honest, but it's £27 for the tour. Twenty-seven. I think you can watch actual tennis for less than that. I mean, not all the time, but some of the time. <laughs> um, and incidentally, where does the mullet come from? Yeah. Literature's first mention of the mullet was Greek poet Homer in the Iliad. But the term mullet wasn't actually coined until 1994, thanks to the Beastie Boys and mullet head. <laughs> well done, the Beastie Boys. Another feather in their cap. Vassos, pray tell us more. Do. What do you get if you cross a Brett and a Bradfield and add some beautiful ones to some motorcycle emptiness? You get the most exciting co-headline tour of 2024. That's what tickets go on sale this Friday for the Manic Street Preachers and Suede Tour. So please welcome the brilliant Brett Anderson and James Dean Bradfield. Good morning, oh, gentlemen. Morning. Thank you. Lovely to be here. All right, come on. How did this come about? Who wants to lead off? James, you, you go first. I'm Point Man. I'm closest okay um is well we talked with each other in 93 um uh, kind of uh, we were supporting suede in france and throughout europe i think it was, it was france germany sweden yes, it was it's, Holland. it was a quite a long tour it was about five six weeks wasn't it it, it, was, it was it was a tour that nearly broke us all it, I think. <laughs> yes and um yeah can i think we kind of we definitely had a kinship back then. Uh, we saw ourselves as outsiders. We didn't see ourselves as part of any kind of movement. Uh, we saw ourselves as the kind of like 
slightly kind of like a kind of um, scrappy underdog, scrappy, glamorous underdogs, I think we'd call ourselves. Perhaps. I think so. That's, we'll that's we'll go for that for now. We'll go for that. And, um, and yeah, we, had, we shared some kind of kinship. And of course, you know, Richie and Nick had a beautiful uh, kind of bone structure and slightly androgynous nature. So did Brett. And kind of, did. You know, they did. They did. They did. Still got it. Stop it. Stop fishing. It. <laughs> Stop getting your net out. He's not even fishing. He's trolling is what he's doing. It's kind of, oh, Brett has got that kind of 70s handsomeness about him. There's something oh, about him. It's, it's mostly annoying. You're too kind. Mostly annoying. Too the lady loves milk tree, definitely. Yeah. Lean into <laughs> okay. that mic a bit more if you don't mind, yes, Brett. Yes, okay. Uh, I haven't got my headphones on, but I suspect it's not quite uh-huh. where we want it to be. Yeah, so, we, 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 you know, we've, we've known each other for a long time and and we've always really enjoyed sort of touring together. We did a tour of the States last year, which was really lovely, actually. We actually had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and we're not, not, I don't think either of us are, are kind of like super friendly with other bands, but for some reason we we feel a bit almost like the kind of the outcasts that just that kind of hang out together kind of thing like the kids that don't get picked at football sort of thing <laughs> and kind of like just go off and read in the corner we're we're like, we're like that you know we rub we rub along very comfortably don't we yeah yeah and it's we've got a mutual respect which is nice so i think a joint headline tour i mean this is not the first time it's happened and hopefully it won't be the last i think it's the way forward you know and i think you know for for 2c3 you know 3 1 hours Two intervals, uh, people that run the bar, they're happy, bands are happy, tight and bright, you know, big punchy one assets. If if you were to invite a third to the party, <laughs> let's let's nominate some potential names. Come and on. If we were to invite yeah, a third. Yeah, come on. God, that's, that's a good a, question. That's a tricky one. What do you fancy? Come on. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I think that what, what's good about the Mannix and Suede, about how the, the dynamic works, is that I don't think we're, we never felt part of the Britpop thing. So obviously other contemporaries from from the nineties would be more Britpop sort of thing. So I, I don't I don't know. I mean I, we I think I think we always felt separate from that whole we felt world. Co opted into it. Even yeah, though it was kind good of. Be, it was good to be along for the ride, you know. We yeah, it, I mean but. it was a you know, lots of lots of fun and everything. But um I yeah. think I think um I think um, any kind of entrance into this club is is closed, I think. It's no other bands welcome. Really? Interesting. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because you say you didn't feel part of the Britpop thing, but clearly you were. So, yeah, there's a, so there's a paradox there. Tell yeah. us about yeah. that, because that, that is a cognitive dissonance. Yes, it's a strange one, isn't it? I know. I, th- I think sort of swayed in lots of ways, started it, and then sort of didn't, and then sort of felt felt rejected by it, and it rejected us, and it was a kind of a weird dynamic kind of thing. And it's simple maths as well. I think we had a lot. We'd had quite a lot of albums out before Britpop happened, didn't we? Kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of our you know benchmark songs were already been out for like four or five years before Britpop happened. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, but it was, but it was still a good time. It was still, yeah. still you know, we were happy to be co-opted in, in some kind of. No, of course it was. Yeah. A, it was yeah. a great time. It was, it was our sixties. You know, and the longer it is away, or the further it is away, the more you look back on it. And people, you know, who work on the show weren't born in 19, 1996. <laughs> um, they literally yeah, weren't strange. born. So Tilly and Felix were not born. Um, at, they weren't even a twinkle. I don't even know if their mum and dad had been born, let alone met. Um, and they look back on the nineties now and they go, "What was it? Literally, what was it like?" Yeah, and yeah. you go, it was actually fantastic. I had that in Cardiff from the experience of obviously uh, Cardiff, quite a big university city, you know. And I was out one night, I think I'd been to the rugby, and a kid came running up, came running up to me. And uh, he was obviously at university and he's about 21. He went, he pointed at me, he went, You're from the 90s, aren't you? <laughs> 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 no, you're from the Money Street Preachers. And, and made, you're from the 90s. And it made me feel quite authentic, to be honest. That's kind of, hilarious, <laughs> isn't it? We yeah. had a text last week about this, about if... Um, if-
Back to the Future's made today. It would be about 1994 or something, wasn't it? It's like that's how frightening and wonderful it all is at the same time. So when you said you had a good a good time in the US last year, what what is it? What is it like? You know, at your age, you know, this at this point in your career, on tour. What does that mean? We had a good, we had a we had a great time. What is it like now touring? Number one, it yeah. means that the gigs were great. That, that's right. always got to be the the central point. Got it. You know, um, and the gigs were were great because. The bands were great, and because because the I think one of the key things about this is that we share. Um, obviously, there's kind of rabid Manix fans and there's rabid rabid suede fans, but there's a kind of a whole group of people. That I think really there's a kind of a cross section where they where they like both bands, kind of thing. So yeah. it kind of makes for an interesting evening, and obviously some people will like one band more than the other or whatever but we both get out there and play and there's a sort of friend, sense of friendly competition which yeah, is great as well you know yeah. it does push so, you on a bit because you know some, of, some nights they headlined some nights we headlined and I'd be the side of the stage and, and you know I'm, I'm not just saying it because he's here but watching Brett is he's quite feral and rabid yeah, as yeah. a front man you know he really goes for it and it makes you realise that actually being a proper front man is, is being a musician in itself and I'd watch him some nights because I've got a guitar on and I'm, yep. and he's not. And he's just like Nick said the other day, it's like watching a live kind of rock and roll yoga session with him. He's, he uses his body <laughs> kind know. of thing. It's, what, it's a wonderful thing to behold. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is, yeah. He's the beautiful one. He is the beautiful one. And kind of, some, you know, sometimes I was at the side of the stage thinking, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to have to up it tonight. Cheese and biscuits. Know? Cheese and biscuits. Jesus, cheese and biscuits. I it's think funny, it's always you... like that, though. It's like, you know, I, I watch the Manics every night and, you know, listen to those great songs. And sometimes, you know, a song would just go off. You know, I remember listening to um, If You Tolerate This. It, it was a, in L.A. and just like it just sounded brilliant. The audience was so into it and everything. And you just think, OK, then it's time to up your game kind yeah. of thing. It's that, it's that nice sort of friendly competition kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's so always, good, isn't it? Yeah. It's a race to the top as yeah. opposed to it's, it's a so, race to the bottom. It's, it's kind of positive. You know, it's, it's cool, so, man. Yeah. And you're so different. I mean, that's why it works. You know, I think because yeah. in many ways, James, you are the anti-front man, aren't you? you uh, is it fair? To, <laughs> How to, do I take this statement lying no, but down? You, but that's the exactly, exactly. You know, I was listening to a bit of Tick Nat Han yesterday. You know, who talks about monastics and uh, lay people. You know, you are the monastic front man. Am I? Yeah, you are, because it's all about the practice. It's about the songs. It's about standing um, there. You know, you don't you don't necessarily need the audience to like you. You don't mind if they like you. You love the fact you, that they love your songs. Yours is more performative. Of course, we, yeah. Brett, I'm sorry, I'm talking to Brett. No, Brett is more okay. performative. That's yeah. it. I'm sorry. You, know, you yeah. both know that, don't you? I think kind of like I always approached uh, just playing guitar and singing on stage and changing pedals and stuff and, and trying to do my one-legged spin, which is my signature move. Um, <laughs> I always approach, approach it in a kind of sporting kind of way. So it's like it was all about coordination. Can I pass off pass off my left hand or my right hand? Yeah. Blah, blah. And it was, it was always a sporting angle. That's the way I approach it. Paul Heaton's it. the same. Paul Heaton gets out there, does the song, says thank you very much and gets on to the next song. Mm. You know, where you dive into the whole... Yeah, it's just a different approach, isn't it? It's just sort of, you know, it's a, I, I don't really know. It's not. It's never been a, a kind of a kind of conscious 
decision for me. It's just 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 the way I am when I'm up on stage. It's probably deep fear, to be honest. <laughs> it's probably fear of 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 humiliation or something it's like that. It's either deep just, fear or deep fearlessness. It's like I've got to do something. Do you know what I mean? No, it's, it's it's I kind of I feel sort of there's an energy that I kind of tap into when I'm on stage. That's quite. I vicious. don't know. It's quite vicious. Yeah, I like that. It's yeah. a, it's just, it's sort of it's showing a different side to the to to the songs and and it's a it's a, it's a different kind of persona I think which I liberation. like liberation yeah I kind of enjoy I enjoy it more and more as I get older bizarrely enough you'd think it'd be the other way around but I kind of feel more comfortable on stage than I did in the 90s I think now. it's very punk to for us to see Brett working it's very punk isn't it I think it's very punk yes it is yeah um, and also just like sometimes one some some of the nights I was thinking has he injured himself tonight are we calling off the next next gig really <laughs> thing, you know um, but yeah the sweet are loud band on stage you know you know Rich's guitar is just like it's yeah it's, it's loud man I was watching their sound check and uh, it was the first sound check of the American tour you were, you were all just going uh, can you turn me up? Can you turn me up? Can you turn me up? I was like, guys, you're all just getting There's really no loud. <laughs> There's we're, no we're more up. up. <laughs> like, uh, by the time they kind of did their first song, it was like a 747 taking off. It was like, good grief, man. Yeah, the, the real problem is when we do little shows, when you do like those little promo-y shows, we did this tiny little place in Glasgow um, a couple about last year, and it was like this 400-capacity place. And the guitar amps are turned up to what they're turned up to when we're playing big venues. <laughs> yeah. And I just come off stage with my ears ringing. It's just, you know. But so, you're so laid back. Can you lean in again? Because you yes, keep leaning back. I keep you're so bashing laid. the microphone. You are the opposite of what you're like on stage. I know. I'm terrible, aren't I? No, it's, it's like, great. I feel like I've never done this before. But it's so cool. I'm going to start swinging the microphone around. But you're buzzing off each other as well, Jumping up and down you? on your table. Um, yeah, kind of definitely. You're buzzing off each other in this chat, man. Well, that's good because I was kind of some nights in America. I was asking them to play a, a few songs that I wanted to hear, kind of thing. Um, uh, and that's nice because I was obsessed. I was kind of a bit obsessed with uh, kind of like you know songs like uh, uh, the, uh, the sort of heroin, which like you know it was an, ama- it was an amazing song which I Thank loved you. when yeah. I was young. Um, and I was asking them to play a few songs on tour, and I, some nights they would play it, and that was a nice feeling. It felt like a personal jukebox. It was good. Yes, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Have you learned anything from each other? Have we learned anything from each other? Um, I've learned a lot about hotels from Nicky Wire. <laughs> Go on. He, well, he's kind of like, he's obsessed with, with, with hotels. He chose all the hotels on the American tour. That's cool. And they were all pretty good, actually. And the one one <laughs> that we handy. chose, which was in Brooklyn, was a dump. So he's, you know, Nicky Wire always so chooses hotels. So he's now in hotels. charge of logistics. So <laughs> if you want to know... <laughs> Good hotels, ask Nicky. He should start his own travel agency. Uh, yeah, he should travel, do. That, yeah. Without question. So that's what I've Oh, my goodness. Have you learned anything from these lot? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, actually, I think I was le- I've learned about the kind of transference of energy between them. That sounds very pretentious, I know. But I would watch kind of like um, you know, you know, Richard and Matt as a rhythm section some nights, and they were just so into each other. And then I would just see Richard playing guitar, and he seemed like he was so contained, but he was... He's putting out so much energy in the guitar. Um, and he was doing that trick of not looking at his fretboard much, so he looked like he knew what he was doing. I was just saying, oh, I've got to stop looking at my fretboard. Yeah, yeah. And then Brett just like, yeah, just going mad and then he knocking himself out with his microphone one night. I was just like, wow, kind of like, that's it, a band. Yeah. They, they're like a military unit. You know, it really was. Does the old mic thing ever go horribly wrong? It hasn't. I once hit, hit Richard on the head. <laughs> um, it, in fact, it was, it was when he just joined the band and we were... 
we were in he was only he'd only been in the band for a few months just after Bernard left and I was sort of swinging the mic around and we, I think we were in Milan or something like that and suddenly I heard this clunk and the guitar stopped and I looked over and there's Richard lying on the floor oh, I'd hit him right across he had this big yeah. egg shaped lump on his head Ouch. so yeah I, he didn't sue me luckily. it's funny isn't it because yeah. uh, um, uh, he's never Walt, been the same since Walter one of our five year old twins he got the old egg on the forehead at the weekend and I thought that doesn't happen to grown ups and I thought is it because we don't get hit on the head as much or is it because they have the, kids have this inflammation protection thing this whatever your body does to itself because he got this sh- sh- I mean sh- we took a photograph it was huge in profile it was frightening you know, he looked like a little elephant man. And I'm not saying that, I don't mean to be disrespectful or distasteful. That's what he looked like. And then by last night, the blood had drained from the egg into both the eyes. So you got two black eyes because that's why that happens. Yeah, right, you know, but you, you can confirm that grown-ups still get, can get an egg on the head if yeah. hit by the right microphone at the right time. Yeah. Or maybe the wrong microphone at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, Richard was quite young at the time. So maybe he was you know, <laughs> in the in-between state. It's but funny yes, though, isn't it? I, things have gone wrong. You're yes. talking about the fretboard and not looking at the fretboard. Yeah. You know, we're as good as we need to be sometimes and as good as we want to be at other times. Of course, violinists and, and, and celloists and violists, yeah. they don't have a fretboard. No, they don't. Don't they? It's, because it's, it's there fretless, is no, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, is no yeah. thing. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? So that just that just demands 100% confidence. Of course yeah. it does. what you're doing. Uh, you're not allowed to be punk if you're violin or cello. That's, that's why they spend sort of like seven years training in conservatories to, yeah, to between, play those instruments. Yeah, you know. neuroscience we're, we're, lessons. We're, we're, <laughs> rock, rock musicians are cheats with their frets, you know. Yeah, no, pretty I good though. I wouldn't eh? say that, I wouldn't say that. So how it's do you decide skill. who goes on first and who who finishes first depending because we have the venues you've already made yeah. the decisions for the tour um tell us about is there any ology behind that or is that just uh, some kind of vague algorithm yeah <laughs> um but get up my age a vague algorithm is all i could deal with um but i think there are some obvious choices like cardiff castle we headline yeah in the london gig uh kind of suede headline right and after that like i said somebody else has kind of figured it out i think yeah we just let our manager sort of kind of bat it to and fro it's not it's to be honest with you kind of going on first and going on second didn't seem to make a huge amount of difference on the american tour actually and it might be different with this one because some of it's outdoors and it might there might be daylight kind of coming into the into the whole equation but some of the times that we went on first in america i can't remember exactly what was it washington and stuff like that ended up being great gigs so it didn't seem to matter too much um, so it didn't. It's not like a big fight, really. No, I didn't think yeah. it was for a second. Yeah. I just thought, is there any ology behind it? Yeah. Um, and there's a bit, but not much, which is fantastic. Gigsandtours.com. I'm not finishing. Just want to recap. Uh, Friday, 28th of June, Langothlan. This is for Suede and the Manics on tour together. Tuesday. The 2nd of July, Dublin Trinity College. Friday, 5th of July, Cardiff Castle. Wednesday, Edinburgh Castle. That's 10th of July. 12th of July, Friday, Manchester Castlefield Bowl. Saturday, the 13th of July, Leeds Millennium Square. Thursday, the 18th of July, London, Alexandra Palace Park. Does touring together and doing the same nights together, does that afford you uh, potentially bigger venues guaranteed? Do you think? Does that help? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. So Because yeah. so, there's, a, there's a whole load of people that will come... Yeah. Yeah. And that does work. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think it's so exciting. And they do say, don't they, like, you know, whether it's you two or, or the Beatles or, or whatever, or the Manics or the Suede or any bands in between and past, present and still to come future, that the, the, what you have over solo artists is, you know, if you're having if you're having a tough time, yeah. you know, then there are you've got your mates around you and that can go either way. Of course it can sometimes. But, you know, you're not um, flying solo, as it were. Yeah. Uh, it's times a thousand when you've, 
you gigging together. Yeah. Because you you it's it's just more fun, isn't it? I do would you, imagine. Do you, do you mean if the gig's not a good one, we can blame the other band? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I mean. Is that what you mean? Well, you just you just find a crack in the relationship there, Chris. Yeah, and thought that one before. But if you, but if until you, now. But also, I mean, we are where we are in life, aren't we? I suppose yeah, we're yeah. we're either, you know, again before in the middle of or through Sniper's Alley from you know all the hell stuff, all the madness, all the psych. Yeah. You know, we're getting towards the light at the end of the tunnel, the, the third act of the hero's journey or whatever you want to call it. And you're more at peace with yourselves, I would imagine. Well, I know you are, both of you, I can tell. And I've also read various things and watched various things. Um, is this the celebration that rock and roll was never supposed to have without being too sort of saccharine about it? Um, we were talking about, you know, growing up in an age when there was you know, weekly music press yeah. in the 90s. And it was vicious, you know. You would get judged on a weekly basis. And if you put a record out that the enemy sounds or Mellie Maker didn't like it, yep. they'd, they'd let you know about it. And we were talking about now where that arena isn't so spiky. And yeah, it, it came to the conclusion that at this point in life, when you're closer to the end the, rather than the beginning, yep. perhaps as we all put it, um, it's more important to, to keep friends rather than make enemies, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's a good way of just thinking. You know, I've been, I've lived through that 90s arena of just where everything was really, really combative. Yeah. And now we just want to save the experience a bit more. Correct. Yeah, I don't think either of us would 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 do this if it, if we were just going through the motions. It's 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 it feels like both bands are really have still got something to say and still making great records. You know, this is it's you know this it's, this isn't doesn't feel like a kind of like a retro thing for me. It's a it's just a different way to present our music yeah. and to a different audience and stuff like that. Really, I think the fact that you're doing it together is so unretro. It's yeah. so it's so of the moment. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a, of an age myself, but I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, and you know. I think there's an interesting dynamic between the two bands. Like I say, if it if we were if we were doing a tour with sort of say someone like Pulp or something like that, that yeah. would that would immediately be a Britpop tour. Yeah, right. And I wouldn't kind of want to do that because it, it feels too no disrespect or anything like that. It's just it's just that. This feels like it's a strange it's edgy. It's got combination of bands that sort of seems to work somehow. Yeah. It kind of takes it somewhere else, but takes it somewhere that feels right. Yeah, it's rough you around know. the edges, which is exactly what you, that's where you came from, and that's where you want to be. Yeah, still. Dick, like yeah. I said, there is a kind of there is a kind of like an under, underdog glamour to what we did. You know, there is there's something there was there was a slight out, outsider element to what we did um, when we started as bands, and I still think we've got that narrative in our new records. And when we just met up this morning, we both started asking each other about how the new stuff is getting on. So, like, it isn't completely retro. Like, you know, we're both concentrating on new records. No, I love it. I so love it. Good. So when you go on first, when it's your turn to go on first, Brett and James, um, do you do you take on the mindset of a support act? And, and when it's your <laughs> turn to finish, to he go second to headline, do you take on the mindset of a headline? I think there were some nights in America like that for us because... There was definitely a bit more of a frisson of excitement about Sway playing in America because you hadn't played there for such a long time, had you? Yeah, we hadn't played there for like yeah. 30 years. So, properly, like, yeah. Wow. yeah. 30 20, years? No, 25 years, yeah. What? I can't yeah. even said frisson. That's not my kind of I like word. frisson. Um, I, I think you suit frisson. Frisson suits you, James. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's nice lettuce, apparently. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and in LA, I could see there was it was a real rabid element of like suede fans at the front. And they for you, t- there was a soupçon. <laughs> a smidgen. And uh, I could see in LA, there were people that were properly waiting for them to come on, right. probably waiting. I thought, oh, tonight, we've got to try and just like, you know, show them that Suede are not the only band in the world because in LA, it was very apparent. There were so many fans there wow. waiting for them. So like that night, that was one night which stood out where it felt like, you know, that we were the sport band, definitely. What do you think about Brad? Well, I think it's it, it was always really interesting interesting that whole dynamic of kind of trying to because it was always quite obvious who the Mannix fans were because they'd be the kind of girls down the front in their kind of Mannix kind of costumes and stuff you know they were they were they were kind of the Mannix fans and I quite liked that challenge of sort of like uh, uh, of 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 not converting them because that sounds like winning them over winning them over do you know what I mean and so meeting like, them where they live as opposed to where yeah, you live and you know I thought that that's always the challenge of, of a support band or a band that goes on first or a band that plays to someone else's audience so yeah I think it's an, it's an interesting dynamic yeah. so yesterday we had uh, Peter Crouch on and we asked him about the Beckham documentary I can't get you to one without asking you have you heard the new Rolling Stones album um no Hackney Downs uh, I heard the, the, the single um and uh Kind of, I heard the single and I liked it, and uh, I've heard good things about it. That's the blandest thing. Yeah, I've not, I've not say, heard any dimes. I, I should have done. Have you heard it, Brett? I no, I just heard the single briefly on the radio the, the other day. Yeah, it sounded like the Rolling Stones, <laughs> which is what you want, <laughs> I would imagine. I want to hear it. I do. So, I'm, right, I'm up so, for it. so, okay, so you are joint headline. I'm going to say joint headlining. What's the official phrase? Is that right? Joint headlining. Co-headlining. Co-headlining. Okay. Co- um, yeah. You have clearly supported. Uh, uh, Swayed before, yeah. Other support, so be- best support experience you've had as a support act, and the best support act you've ever had as a headline act. Oi, 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 oi. We've only got a minute, by the way. Okay, uh, well, the best experience was uh, supporting Swayed nice. around Europe, that was a great experience. Cool. The worst, I can give you the worst of support. Well, experience. Take the worst, yeah. Uh, supporting the Black Crows, uh, kind of in the early 90s, yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to why. That was, a mis- been, that was just a mismatch, such an uplifting half hour. <laughs> but thank you for your, yes, for, I'll, for your I'll candor. Ask you about I'm a that afterwards. <laughs> Brett, yeah. come on, have you supported? Um. Have we supported? Support? Yeah, everyone supports people. I tell you, when, when we were when we were really, really, really first started, we supported Ricky Gervais's band. So wow, there you go. They were called they were called Son of Bleeper. Wow. So there you go. I don't think there's any 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 photos of that, but That's I'm cool. sure they'd be hilarious. Okay. Um, so there's a little one for you. Best support. You, I suppose you've got to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It's all going so well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember in the kind of like uh, I remember when we toured in the nineties, kind of before Catatonia had taken off. You know, they did a tour with us before they took off, and that was amazing. It was obvious they were going to go on, and Road Rage was going to be massive, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was the same, um, yeah, that, I think Catatonia stood out, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, good luck. I feel you, be It's going to be great. Can't wait. I wish it was tomorrow. Literally wish it was tomorrow. Oh, I wouldn't be ready tomorrow. But I yeah, know, thanks. you wouldn't do, but I would. <laughs> uh, hopefully still be around uh, next year. Gigsandtours.com for the Manic Street Preachers and Sway 2024. So we've got seven dates. Could there be added dates? Um, maybe. Are there any I secret, don't know. secretly think secret I don't know. venues on hold? Let's hope I so. Don't know. I don't know. Maybe. And bring on Europe, maybe? Uh, well, we're going to Asia. We get there under our belts and then we'll be ready. It's not Thanks long for coming though, in. is it? Yep. Both of you. Brilliant. Thanks Love very it. much. Thank You're you. very welcome. Thank Great you very to have much. you both here. That's amazing. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> 
Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virgin radio UK.